Arboria. everyone and welcome to yeah but the podcast i'm so excited because today we are transporting ourselves all the way to the middle of the pacific ocean a place that i miss horribly and we get to talk to one of the premier artists in the world right now and that's not just my opinion uh, everyone welcome micah souza hello <laughs> Hey guys, thanks for having me. <laughs> How are things going? Good. I've been so busy because of the new seasons of Drag Race coming out. But yeah, I bet. <laughs> everything is pretty much out now, so I kind of have a moment to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> I bet as soon as that, like, the announcement dropped, every single person was just like, okay, we need merch, we need merch, let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and you know queens always orders like merch at the last minute so it's always like you have one week to get like five designs done <laughs> <laughs> right there were like i think there were maybe two queens that i saw that had merch like ready to go that day and everyone else yeah. was just like okay wait oops oh no <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's always a couple of queens every season that are like oh. <laughs> yeah. um, i won't say names <laughs> <laughs> oh please do just kidding um <laughs> so for those of you who don't know micah is the person who does a lot of artwork for a lot of drag queens out there a lot of people in general out there um if you saw the t-shirts at um was it hot topic it was hot topic right those were theirs. So, so much good art. So many great things out there. Um, if you don't know who Micah is, I don't know what rock you've been living under. Um, where, where did you get started in art? How did that come about? What is that journey? I've been drawing like my whole life, but specifically with Queens, it started with fan art. I would draw like detox in Alaska for fun. And then it was actually Bible girl that like discovered me basically. And she was like, you could do this for a living. And she started like paying me for designs and that's how it all started. That's <laughs> awesome. Like, oh, so much to her. <laughs> <laughs> so was your, was your art mainly just kind of for fun or were you always intending to, to go the art route for, for your life, for your career? Is it your career? I should add. Yeah. <laughs> I always wanted to do illustration, mm. but I guess, yeah, it kind of, it was kind of kismet. Like I just wanted to work with Queens more. I wanted to work in the LGBT community more. And that's like right when Drag Race was getting really big. So everything kind of just like fell into place at the right moment, you know? Mm hmm it's it's fun how those things always land in your lap like you you that like 
convergence of the things you love to do and the things that people need just kind of lock into place and then you get to just do what you love for for a job yeah Um, that's cool so do you have is your art background like classically trained or was it did you train yourself where did that pretty much Mm self-taught yeah I started when I was super young and I basically taught myself yeah just from like reading comics in the 90s like you know, like Witchblade and X-Men and things like that. I grew up with like 90s bodacious babes. So <laughs> it kind of lends itself to drag, honestly. Oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like I grew up drawing like Mystique and stuff like that. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I was raised to have this job position. <laughs> you got practice um, with those contours very early. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, I have, I didn't really take any art classes. I kind of taught myself everything. And this was like before YouTube existed. So there weren't really any like tutorials like the kids have nowadays. So yeah. I kind of had to just like learn from like what I could find at the library and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm so jealous of people who start anything these days because you can find so much information online. Like when yeah. I started drag, there was one tutorial for makeup on YouTube and that was Manila Luzon. And the nothing else that was it <laughs> yeah i know i see like some of these young illustrators coming up that are like in their early 20s and they're already like way better than me and i'm just like oh god like, <laughs> how am i gonna keep up with these kids <laughs> right uh scrolling through instagram like people worry about doom scrolling these days i just worry about like scrolling and being like well that person's better that person's better that person's better great i'm quitting <laughs> yeah it's an easy rabbit hole to fall down. <laughs> oh Especially as artists, we like to be very down on ourselves. Yeah. True. Um, but yeah, it's your, so your art style is really, you, you have a very specific style and it's really like graphic. It's really, you can tell those like comic book um what's the word I'm looking for? The, the influences you, you have such a cool way of portraying faces and things where you can still tell who the person is, but there's always that little twist. Right. Um, it's a very, you have a very dynamic style. That's fun to look at. Thank you. <laughs> I like to think of my style as almost like a 2d version of the Madame Tussauds Wax Museum where everything is like flawless and every wrinkle is smoothed out, you know? <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, wow, my brain, my brain. Okay, let's talk for a second. My brain just does not want to work. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we got we've gone through several parts of this pandemic where like the beginning of the pandemic I just shut down and then like it ramped up again I was like okay I can work I'm used to this this is great and then it, it, I've had a few of those dips and then the other day it snowed and my mind was just like nope we're done this is it no more working no more creativity you don't get to have anything yeah that's totally understandable especially if you live in an environment that's like that i'm Mm -hmm. lucky to not experience snow anymore (laughs) yeah because you're out you're out in hawaii now which is yeah so exciting yeah is that where your family's from or did you just say you know what fuck it i'm moving to hawaii 
No, I'm from here. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I lived in California for like seven years. I went to school there and I worked at tattoo shops like all up and down the coast of California for a while. And I lived in Chicago for a year and that's when I first experienced snow. <laughs> it was, I never want to go back. <laughs> <laughs> it's certainly an experience. <laughs> and you're in New York, right? Yes, I am. Although snow here is very different. I, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest where we didn't get much snow. There was one year we got like three feet of snow and every other year it's like a quarter of an inch and it melts the next day. Yeah. And then I spent three years in Montana for school and blizzards out there. So like we just had a quote unquote blizzard in New York and it was six inches overnight. A blizzard in Montana was like eight feet of snow overnight. So you'd walk out and you'd like go to open your door and it was just snow. Oh my God. <laughs> it was I'm terrifying. <laughs> it was terrifying. But luckily I was in school when that happened and living on school property. And they're like, just stay in your apartments. Don't worry. We're going to dig you out really quickly. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. oh That's crazy. <laughs> But um, so so tell me tell me about Hawaii. Tell me um, about growing up there and what that was like and how that how that was. Just tell me. I want to know all the things. Okay. Um, well, the <laughs> island I live on right now. I live on Maui right now. Okay. And one thing that I don't like about it is there isn't really a drag presence here or even like any kind of underground queer community. Interesting. Like, kind of is. Like, there's more so now than there was when I was in high school, but there's, like, no clubs, no drag queens. It's pretty isolating feeling, especially if you're someone who's used to, like, being around that environment all the time. Yeah. So that's pretty interesting. Um, but it was all right. It's not like it is in the movies, really, where they make it look like everything is perfect all the time. Like, there, <laughs> there are things about it that aren't great. Like, I would say that the show Dog the Bounty Hunter is probably the most accurate representation of what it's like to grow up lower class in Hawaii. <laughs> like, if you're rich, you can, like, afford to live the glamorous life here. But yeah. it's just like anywhere else, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the sense that, you know, there are low-income areas, like Section 8 housing and stuff like that. There are homeless people just like anywhere else, you know, drug problems, things like that. But it's still beautiful. Like, you can, you know, drive 15 minutes and you're, like, on a beautiful beach or, like, in the woods or something, which is always nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you grow up on Maui then? I actually grew up um, on Honolulu. Okay. Yeah. And I moved to Maui when I was, like, 13. Okay. Very cool. I don't have much experience of the other islands. I was in... I was on the big island for a month in college. Nice. Um, and was very lucky because I feel like a lot of people I know and a lot of like culture on the mainland is like you go to Hawaii for vacation and it's this beautiful vacation spot that every it's paradise yeah. and then for me I went as a study abroad so like we were studying like botany and marine biology and volcanology and uh, geology and all of these things so my first experience of Hawaii was it's um, the the plant life and how it was formed and the culture and things like that. So I got very lucky in that I just got to live here and take lectures and go visit. Like we went to the top of Mauna Loa and went to the, the um, 
telescopes and things like that. That's um, cool. So I didn't, I didn't have that like mainlander. I'm just here for the Mai Tais and laying on the beach. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although we saw a lot of those people. <laughs> yeah. The Big Island is cool. There actually is a drag presence on the Big Island. And I've been like really wanting to go there and visit because they have like parades and there's like drag queens and drag clubs there and I'm like how did that happen like how did history make it so that there's like so much drag there and like none on Maui <laughs> I don't know how that worked out <laughs> they just needed more room to spread out that's all yeah. <laughs> drag queens take up too much space for a smaller yeah. <laughs> oh yeah um, so did you did you come out while you were living in Hawaii or did you come out later on in life how did that all happen? I don't know. There wasn't really like a moment for me, like how some people have like like a one big time moment where they came out. I think it was just sort of like a slow realization. Like the more I like eased into the drag community, people were kind of just like, well, it's obvious at this point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus I was always obsessed with like drawing women and I always loved like hair and makeup and shoes and things like that. So I think it was pretty clear my whole life (laughs) (laughs) that's fair it always tends to present itself (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know lip syncing to britney spears and christina when you're a kid (laughs) oh yeah towel wrapped around your head so that you could have hair to flip around yeah (laughs) (laughs) i remember when i was little i used to sit by the radio with my walkman and record avril lavigne so that i could lip sync her lyrics (laughs) Like before yes. they had lyric websites. <laughs> and, and back when kids these days don't understand the lengths we had to go to to like have a recording of something on hand. Yeah. Like you either had to spend so much money and buy an audio cassette tape or you had to sit next to the radio and record it by hand yeah. every time. And the quality was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Um, And... Mm, I'm I'm really so <laughs> when I started a podcast I didn't think about the fact that I'd be interviewing people ever and I'm the worst interviewer in the world it's okay <laughs> the worst interviewer in the world um which is why I like to have conversations with people but um when it comes to me coming up with questions I'm terrible at it I was I worked on my school newspaper as as a news journalist and then assistant news editor and i'm hands down the worst question asker in the world it has ruined relationships for me i never know how to ask questions i just am like people will volunteer information for me i know it (laughs) money better this is my first podcast interview so i have yes there you too so perfect perfect (laughs) i'm the best i'm the best (laughs) podcaster in the world i have thousands upon thousands of followers (laughs) Um, <laughs> I actually um, had a couple of questions I wanted to ask you. Ooh, let's go for it. I love that. Turn the turn the table. Are you excited about the new seasons of Drag Race coming out? I <laughs> I feel like my answer is supposed to be, oh my god, yes, I'm so excited. I am excited. Yeah. I am excited. I'm honestly. I hate that I'm saying this and I'm sorry to my season 13 sisters and friends. I'm a little bit more excited for Drag Race UK season two yeah. than I am for season 13. Right. Um, 
prove me wrong season 13 (laughs) but there are there are a few girls um on season 13 that i'm excited about olivia lux has been on the podcast and i love her i'm excited to see her um but yeah i'm i'm very very excited about drag race uk because i have a lot of friends from scotland and um it's nice to see a lot more representation of them this time around yeah um but the, I don't know. It was just the the promos were a lot more interesting to me. What about you? Yeah, I'm excited for UK. I was actually just thinking it would be cool if they did an Australian season. Oh my God, yes. Yeah. I almost I like wonder, the- I almost wonder because um, Art Simone is doing that highway to heal thing. I kind of wonder oh, if they're yeah. using that to like gauge interest or something. Yeah, could be. Fingers crossed. I definitely have a, yeah. I have a lot of clients from Australia, like so many, like more than like more than the UK, I would say. So it seems like drag is definitely big there. Like Their style of drag is so cool, too. Like it's so different from the rest of the world. Like they just do their own thing and it's incredible. Yeah, that's cool. Um, who are who are some of your clients from Australia that you've worked with that you really liked? It started with Vanity, the only or uh, Vanity mm-hmm. by Vanity. And then that sort of like leaked out into all the Sydney Queens. So I have a little group of Sydney Queens. Um, there's Carmen Get It, Carmen Take It. Oh my God, I love that. <laughs> Which I think is hilarious that there's two Australian <laughs> One is Carmen Get It and one is Carmen Take It. And uh, <laughs> Sia Tequila, a bunch of queens. There's tons of queens in Sydney. And then I have some queens on the East Coast as well. And on the South Coast, Elawara is an awesome drag queen from Australia. Um, Roxy Horror is a great queen from the South Coast. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'll have to look all these people more. up. I don't. I only know, I feel like most of the queens I know are like Melbourne queens. Um, but I don't know that many of them. So I need to look them up. I need to do more research. Yeah. Yeah, they're great. <laughs> Oh, Hanaconda is a great Australian queen, too. It's a good name. I love that name. I feel like, wait, I think I follow her. I could yeah. be very wrong, but I'm, I know, like, unless, I mean, there could be multiple Hanacondas, but I do there know that. Yeah. <laughs> they all seem to have, like, really funny punny names mm-hmm. in Australia. <laughs> I wish someone had told me when about pun names when I started drag, because I didn't know that much about drag and i was just like i'm just gonna pick two glamorous names and just be this glamour woman yeah that i started like getting into the drag scene and everyone had these great names i was like well missed that boat yeah (laughs) one of my favorite drag names is queef latina (laughs) (laughs) also sigourney beaver is a really good one too yes oh my god i love sigourney she's amazing yeah what would your drag name be if you were a drag queen? Oh, I don't know. I, I remember when I was like 16, I was trying to think of punny names and I came up with Helena Handbasket. But then I name. found out there's actually there's a queen with that name already. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. My grandma used to say that all the time. We're all going to hell in a handbasket. It's yeah. a great it's Plus, a great line. I don't know what kind of basket there is other than a handbasket, but yeah, I love Helena Bonham Carter. So she was like a big influence for me when I was starting off with all my art stuff. So, but yeah, definitely. Yeah. Unfortunately, the name was taken. 
Well, we'll have to figure that out for you. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, please, please come up with suggestions. <laughs> I'm excited to see what they're all going to do for Snatch Game, especially on the UK version. Mm, yes. Uh, Snatch Game is always an interesting one, especially in the UK for American viewers, because American viewers don't know yeah. a lot of references. Yeah, And I'm, like, sort of there. I spent half of last year in London, so, like, I, I kind of get some of them. But then there were still some moments in these promos where they were like, I'm this person and this person combined with this person. I'm like, who? Right. I, I'm lost. I feel stupid. <laughs> yeah. It's interesting to see from our perspective as Americans, because it kind of, like, gives you a sense of what it must be like for them seeing like a pure American character is like yeah. Tiffany New York Pollard like I'm sure there's probably a lot of people in other countries that are like I don't know who that is I don't watch American <laughs> reality TV <laughs> right or yeah. I loved when Canada's Drag Race came out and all the the Canadian girls were like oh so now you know how it feels trying to find our seasons online somehow somewhere to watch yeah. it illegally because you don't get it on TV ha yeah. suck it <laughs> so true um so who are so you have worked with so many queens mm-hmm. like so many queens um what are what are some of not like your favorite people but like some of your favorite like um pieces that you've done for people because i'm not going to ask you to pick favorites in terms of like right. here, let's let's alienate some clients right now but like what are <laughs> what what have been some of your favorite um what have been some of your favorite things that people have come to you and been like i want you to draw me like this Mm -hmm. because you do some really cool things thanks i think my favorite thing to do is when queens have like a theme especially if it's like a horror theme like Mm -hmm. i work really well with dragula queens like whenever they want to be like the Bride of Frankenstein inspired, like the design that I did of Vander with like the big hair. Yes. That kind of stuff is like right up my alley. Like when I can take inspiration from the queen and from like a movie or like a fantasy creature or something like that and like sort mm-hmm. of feed them into one idea. That's when it turns out the best, I think. I just realized I'm actually wearing one of your, de- you cannot tell it's one of your designs because I've worn it so much. Oh my God. <laughs> It it was a Frankie Doom t-shirt. It was at one point a Frankie Doom t-shirt. But it's like three years old oh, and Frankie. it's been watched so many times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Dragula Queens are awesome. They're so like down to earth and like easy to get along with and talk to. Mm-hmm. I think that's how we met originally. Right? It was at, I think it was at um, Zochi's show. Oh, was it? I think so. We met very briefly at Zochi's show at uh, Red Redline. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Years ago. It feels like a lifetime ago. The pandemic has just completely skewed the timeline to the point where, like, drag DragCon three years ago feels like three lives ago. Yeah. (laughs) That was super fun. I remember, like, everyone being there. Like, Benny Chu was there. Mm-hmm. And like a bunch of drag queens that I knew and like a bunch of my followers. Mm-hmm. Actually, that 
I'm not sure if it was that exact night, but I'm pretty sure it was that year at DragCon. I went with um, Miles Davis Moody and Josh Stewart, who had Queen Magazine, mm-hmm. who I used to work for. And I remember I was supposed to be staying with them after DragCon, and they like got into a fight and broke up during the process. Oh no! And <laughs> it was like it was like late in the night, and like everyone was drunk, and we were out in the streets. And they were they like gave me a hundred dollars and they were like, go find a hotel. And I was like, how am I gonna find a hotel for a hundred bucks? So I like <laughs> I was walking around freaking out. And I remember my 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 like emergency mode in my brain was like, I need to find Naomi Smalls because she's gonna be taller than everyone. <laughs> <laughs> and I can ask her if she has Kim Chi's number, and then I can ask Kim Chi if I can stay with her. <laughs> Cause I didn't know <laughs> Naomi at the time, but I was like, I can probably spot Naomi like from a mile away. <laughs> oh my god. I ended up not finding them, but oh, no. like walked into some random hotel and I like went up to the guy and I was like, do you have any rooms for a hundred dollars? And he was like, no, you need a credit card. And I was like, damn it. I was like, I'm going to have to sleep behind a like dumpster tonight. And then I like turned around and there was this group of girls, like teenage girls sitting around a table drawing and they were like, Oh my God, are you art of Micah Souza? And I was like, yeah. And one of them, her name was Daisy. She like flew out of her chair and like landed on her butt on the ground. And she was like, oh my God, I've been following you for forever. What are you doing? And I was like, I'm homeless right now. <laughs> and they were like, oh, you can stay with us. So I just like stayed up all night with these like followers of mine, like oh gossiping God. about queens and stuff. <laughs> <They're>, like, <laughs> DragCon was crazy times the weirdest things would happen and it was always fun i i miss dragon i know that's not a popular sentiment but i miss dragon <laughs> yeah i think it's because i always wore flip-flops i was smart i always wore flip-flops and like a gown so no one could see my shoes <laughs> versus like all of the queens were like here is me in my 10 inch heels don't i look great i'm like yeah mm-hmm, you look like you're in pain yeah <laughs> i remember seeing you at like every drag con that i went to and i think it's really smart and funny when queens like think of cozy ways to be at the convention mm-hmm. like how detox had the bubble bath one time and she was yes. just like laying down the whole time <laughs> yeah. or and, yeah. she's she's one of the smartest because she she was also the one who did the like neon judge look and she was just like sitting the whole time behind a desk yeah so she didn't have to do anything <laughs> it yeah. was so great <laughs> she just like sat there looking great while everyone stood in front of her <laughs> yeah that was actually really smart yeah and uh willem one time was like on a lifeguard chair just like above yes. everyone <laughs> oh my god oh the creativity <laughs> so good not only the creativity, but the creativity for people who are lazy and don't want to have to do too much work to look great. Yeah. <laughs> True drag queens. Yeah, so clever. <laughs> have you had a booth at DragCon? No. So the fr- so the frustrating thing, that was one of my goals this year. Because I had started my business in June of last year is when I quit my day job. And it's like, I'm doing this full time. It's going to be great. I'm going to make a website and go from there. And it was going great. It was fine. Like, I was starting to, like, gain momentum. Things were going well. So I was like, cool, 2020, I'm going to do a runway show. I'm going to have a booth at DragCon. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And then March happened, and it all fell apart. I was like, well, great. (laughs) So 2022 goals. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Same. I'm like, I really want to go, but I don't even know. Are they even going to have DragCon next year? Uh, I don't know if they've announced it yet. I yeah. doubt. I, unless the vaccine is able to be like given to people quickly and given to everyone quickly, which I somehow yeah. doubt because we're in yeah. <laughs> that country. Um, I don't think it's going to be feasible to do conventions this year, which is yeah. sad. I love conventions. Have you ever had a booth at DragCon? No, but I have had my work. Like, Drag Queen merch is usually mostly mm-hmm. my work, and I get, like, <laughs> paid from it. <laughs> Toss then... the hair a little bit there. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's just mostly my work, you know? <laughs> uh, and that one year when I was working with Queen Magazine, I got to have, like, all my art, but it was still technically their booth. But mm-hmm. I would like to have my own booth. I always thought it would be cool to have like cardboard cutouts of some of my like full body drawings. That yes. would be with it, like you're in a scene with the drawings. That That's was one idea I had. Yeah. That would be so cool. And people keep saying that I should offer to like draw people on the spot, but I'm not really like good at that kind of. That's like, a <laughs> special kind of talent that I don't think I would ever have. Like the yeah. people, like the caricature artists, like. That's a lot of pressure. People are expecting a whole lot out of you in like 10 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think I, I think I would just crush under the pressure. <laughs> well, and you wouldn't get to enjoy the con at all. You would just yeah. be sitting there drawing the whole time. True. I would like a uh, booth one day though, but I'd probably just sell like, maybe like an art book or like, mm-hmm. stuff like that, like stickers and things like that. Have like a little iPad there or something so people can like set up commission times and stuff like that. Yeah. My favorite thing is when it's like an experience that you go into. Like mm. Aston Betty's booths are always like a cool, like it's like a haunted mansion almost, but like the size of a booth. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the best. Like when it's like a photo opportunity. Yeah. It's so cool. My favorite was so I worked the Drag Queen merch booth. The last one I went to, so like two years ago, I think in LA. Mm-hmm. Um and so I was like hearing all of the like buzz beforehand of like who got how many booth spots and like stuff like that. And I remember yeah. hearing Valentina was like, I got four booth spots. And everyone was like, What are you gonna do with four booth spots? And they yeah. weren't even like the small ones, they were like the huge booths. And then it was just this huge, just like ballroom basically for her that you had to like walk through a few like dividers so you couldn't like take pictures of her from from line wow yeah <laughs> i think i was there for that year that's crazy <laughs> oh it was intense there was a lot going on <laughs> wow. that's a lot those boots are not cheap too <laughs> no they're not it's like what are you were expecting a lot of your fans right now <laughs> yeah <laughs> What are some future projects that you that you have in mind, like in terms of art, or do you want to like make a book or um, design work, things like that? I there's a few things. One thing that I really want to start doing, as far as like what I'm already doing, is working with bigger names. Like mm-hmm. if I could design like Hot Topic shirts for like Dolly Parton or like Elvira or Miley Cyrus or something like that. That would be like yeah. stepping up my game a lot. Um, I was thinking of doing things like it would be cool to offer like 
a merch design package as like a prize for a drag competition, like a queen mm. and like as like a mini challenge prize could win like a couple of designs and like to work with us and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, there's that kind of stuff. But I'm also interested in like all kinds of other things. Like I've been trying to get better at photography because I just want to like bring my visions more into life in a more realistic way. And I would love to do like photo shoots for drag queens too. And basically like do what I do with illustration with like, you know, making everything finessed and like blowing in the wind and like <laughs> magical, but like doing it in like a photography way. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like a alternate venue that I'm thinking of going down. <laughs> that would be so cool. Photography is something that feels so foreign to me because I've never had any of the tools for it so whenever anyone's like I have a vision for photography I'm like how tell yeah. me more like <laughs> like do you, have you um have you done photography in the past is that something that or is that a new realm of possibility for you that you want to explore I have never really taken it seriously I like went to film school for a year so I'm like kind of familiar with setting things up and lighting and things like that but it's still pretty new to me yeah yeah I've been experimenting a lot with like learning how to do lighting and stuff because because of the pandemic and like having to go all online for for doing right. things like everyone was like okay I'm gonna do green screen backgrounds and I'm like I've just tried to figure out how to light myself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I what feel like does a ring light time. actually do? <laughs> yeah, I literally like have a ring light on me right now. <laughs> I feel like this pandemic is making everyone good at just like producing themselves at home. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my Christmas list went from like, I want food money or it'd be fun to like have like a gift card to like I don't know, some clothing store to, okay, I need this photography thing. I need lighting. I need backdrops. I need um, tripods. Uh, hey, can I get like three more ring lights and like some suspension lights and like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Have you been doing those like at home drag shows, like digital drag shows? I tried to at the beginning of the pandemic. It um, It seemed like a great outlet. And then I would do like, I don't know. I did I did a show myself. I hosted one show and it was like somewhere between 20 and 30 hours of work because I was like having to learn OBS and then having to figure out how to like stream and how to use Twitch and what the heck is technology oh. even. And then I think I made maybe $10 in tips out of it. And I was like, Oh no, 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 no. I don't like that ratio. <laughs> so yeah. that's when I was like, okay, I'm going to take all of this knowledge and start doing YouTube stuff. So like I post videos of like me singing on YouTube and stuff like that, but that's smart. Yeah. Just a little bit more of a smaller, smaller scope. Right. It's doing a full show. Like I have to hand it to like bitch Puddin and the people out there that are doing the big shows. That's a lot of work. Yeah. Yeah, I watched, a, I tuned in for a couple of them. I went to, or went to, I went, I signed on for uh, Nico's Movie Macabre, mm -hmm. which was like Nico, Sarah Andrews, uh, Valentine Adams was awesome. She was like mm -hmm. a vampire with like blood dripping all over her. Yes. And Sarah's was great. She was the bride of Frankenstein and she like cut herself into scenes of the movie. <laughs> oh my was, like, God. So but it's interesting because it's like, 
some of them are really good but then some of them it's like you can tell they're struggling with like mm-hmm. basically like storyboarding their idea like mm-hmm. one of them kind of just like seemed like it was gonna set up for something to happen and then it just ended so it's like it's almost like you have to be good at so many more things when you're yeah. like something like that like you have to be a writer a director the performer the like you have to basically do multiple people's jobs that's a lot to handle well and like when i started drag i was told you have to be you have to be able to do everything you have to be able to do makeup and costumes and choreography and lip syncing and all of these things and be your own manager right and then now it's oh and on top of that you also have to learn how to direct and be an editor and you have to have the right amount of like storage on your computer to even make a video and you have to have the right programs and you have to just like i i can't (laughs) it's a lot yeah i tried to to be a twitch streamer too because i play the sims 4 a lot because i'm a nerd and (laughs) i tried streaming like three times and it was lagging so badly and it was like why is it lagging i thought i could just like turn on twitch and here we go and everyone was like what kind of computer do you have i was like have a mac and they were like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> and we're like you have to get this external like gpu you have to do this you have to do this you have to do this you have to buy this part of your computer it's like how do people even learn this stuff i know right <laughs> i'm too old i'm too old to figure these things out <laughs> just know, put me on a stage back. let me do the yeah. analog version <laughs> yeah yeah it's crazy that kids are growing up with this technology so to them it's just so natural you know mm-hmm. it's like I remember I thought I was so smart back in the MySpace days when I was able <laughs> to like change the coding just enough so I could have cool backgrounds or like music playing yeah. or like I thought I was really, really like top tier cool on MySpace because I had a custom cursor. Um, <laughs> like instead of having the little mouse, I had like a little dragon that would go around the screen. Yeah, well, you have and, to stand out. <laughs> right? And that was like, I thought I was like the height of programming because I knew how to change my MySpace background. And now these kids are like yeah. doing all of this shit. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't yeah. get it. Or like you watch <laughs> YouTube and you see little things like pop into the video and like sound effects and have like all of these animations and things. And I'm just sitting here on iMovie. Like I can, I can edit. I know how to clip them together. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of um, what kind of program do you use for your art? Is it do you generally use like actual mediums, or do you do it on a computer? I've pretty much been doing digital art since I was like eleven years old. I actually, wow. started because my sister is a photographer. And she had a laptop that had Photoshop on it. And she let me borrow it when I was like 11. And I just like sat there and clicked on every button and (laughs) taught myself. Because, you know, again, there weren't any tutorials back then. Mm -hmm. So unless you went to class, it was like the only way to learn was to like learn through trial and error. So I've pretty much been doing digital art my whole life. I like working with markers and watercolors sometimes, but pretty much mostly digital. I use Photoshop. And I just recently got an iPad, so I've been learning how to use Procreate. That's awesome. I, I'm so jealous that you had the opportunity to use Photoshop when you were young. Cause yeah, 
I wasn't introduced to it till college. And even at that point, I was like, oh, I don't have time to figure this out. <laughs> uh, learning a new program is really intimidating. Especially Adobe programs. Like, I, I hear that they're really easy to use once you learn all the shortcuts. Yeah. But without the shortcuts, it's, I don't know. I'm. <laughs> there's a reason I have a Mac. I call them com- computers for stupid people. <laughs> like, there's just, they're a lot more intuitive. Yeah. There's a lot of funny things that happen to me when I am working on physical art. Like when you're drawing on Photoshop, you can hit command Z to like undo. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'll be like drawing on a piece of paper and my finger just from like muscle memory will be like <laughs> command Z. And I'm like, oh shit, you can't erase a pen. <laughs> like that kind of stuff happens to me all the time. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> oh my God. I do. I, I'm trying to think if I ever do things like that, but I'm not cool enough to do that. Like I, I, (laughs) I paint in watercolors every now and then when I have like a free three hours to just like sit and paint. Um, But I only do landscapes. So if I mess something up, I'm like, well, there's just a tree there now. (laughs) Yeah. If we learned anything from that's my form of art. Right. (laughs) There's no mistakes. There's just happy accidents. I loved when that was a YouTube trend and everyone was just like following Bob Ross tutorials. Yeah. And there was a, my favorite one of them was there's this YouTuber um, or YouTube channel called Nerd Forge. And it's this couple from Norway. And she was like, I'm going to follow a Bob Ross tutorial on the side of my van and like painted her van this gorgeous, gorgeous landscape. And I was just like, if I tried that, it would look like shit. And yeah. I would have to just turn it into graffiti or something. It would not look good. <laughs> have you seen the video of Hannibal Burris following a Bob Ross painting tutorial on no. YouTube? It's hilarious. <laughs> he like completely botches the entire thing. Oh, no. I highly recommend watching. It's super funny. <laughs> My favorite part is when people realize that when you're painting with acrylics or oils you have to have that like base layer of white down and he always mentions it at the beginning of his video but people don't realize that and so like when people are like i'm gonna do my makeup following a bob ross tutorial and they're like wait i have to have a base of white and i'm like girl do you not do your makeup like (laughs) welcome to drag queen world where we start with very wet makeup (laughs) build everything on top of that yeah (laughs) so if you had the ability to do artwork for anyone or anything what would it be Elvira is definitely one of my like dream clients I actually messaged I like did the research and like found her agent and he's like her agent he also manages Pee Wee Herman and used to manage uh Vincent Price it's like wow yeah he's like a manager for a bunch of like goth people basically (laughs) (laughs) and I like messaged him and asked if I could design merch for Elvira and I got turned down that was actually the first time I ever got turned down (laughs) oh no and it wasn't because they didn't like my art or anything it was Mm -hmm. just because like they were maxed out with how many uh like licensing rights that's fair kind of jargon um but yeah, that's one queen, one one of my favorite drag queens that I've always wanted to work <laughs> with. <laughs> and I would love to do work for a TV show. Like, 
have you ever seen the mandalorian yeah absolutely you know how, like you know how in the end credits they have like illustrations panning yeah that's like, one of my favorite parts <laughs> I, I would, something like that would be a dream job or even like mm. Like, I remember going to Disneyland one time and they had merch that was, like, designed by an illustrator that drew a bunch of Disney princesses in their style. So they got, yeah, I thought that was so cool that, like, an artist got to, like, basically have that platform to show, like, the kind of things that they like to do. Mm -hmm. Something like that I think would be really cool. And that would be a great portfolio piece to have, you know, like, I worked with Disney or I worked with, like, (laughs) Network or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So something like that would be cool. I always, I love the like, I'm I'm an avid Disney Plus member. Um, and I love all of their documentaries and how like every person that they interview was like, when I got asked to be part of Disney, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. <laughs> like everyone is just so like, there's, there's this moment, Disney is such a huge part of our lives that there's always this little moment of like, Wait, you're telling me what? <laughs> yeah. That's a cool feeling. I can't even imagine what that feeling would feel like. Like, yeah, oh my god, I'm not even close to that yet. <laughs> right. That reminds me, actually, Drag Race just messaged me the other day, <gasps> and they, I was, I had that same feeling. I like mm-hmm. opened my phone, and I was, I thought it was like one of those like fake pages, you know, like a fan page or something, mm-hmm. and it was like, like an a legit message from them, and I was like what like it's oh, so that's cool. amazing yeah they like wanted to send me like a care package they were like thanks for being a fan we just wanted to send you a package like, as a thank you and a way to like ring in the new year and i was like no way like that means that i'm on their radar now you know like, yeah well i mean you should be because you do enough merch for their girls like they yeah. better know who you are <laughs> yeah i know i feel like they can't ignore me at this point <laughs> no <laughs> yeah it would be cool to work with them or to be a Mm -hmm. judge on the show (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah that would be so much fun i almost feel like it would be more fun to be a judge on the show than to be a contestant because then you get to go and have the experience but not have the stress yeah (laughs) (laughs) or to be like one of the guests like when they like turn you know like dudes into queens Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that would be a fun experience oh yeah so you you brought it up a few times um, about your about horror influences and things like that. What what does that how does that manifest in your life? Where did that come from? I don't know. I actually am not a huge horror movie buff. Like I don't know a lot of horror, mm-hmm. but I don't know. There's just something about like how there's so many like classics that like everyone knows, like everyone's familiar with. I don't know how to explain it. I think it's sort of just like folk stories, you know, like things like the Mothman and like Chupacabra and things like that are like word of mouth stories that everyone knows what it is. So there's like that element to it. And then there's also like the element of like the actress who played Bride of Frankenstein being such a like legendary look where like mm. it's been replicated so many times and it's like so inspiring to so many people. And it's kind of like, working with the queens it's like i try to bring like the concept to that level if that makes sense yeah like trying to create that moment that like what's her name elsa lan also lancaster yeah yeah like 
like I wish I could have been there to see like what it was like when they like did the makeup or like when she was getting into character because mm-hmm. like those moments are like the kind of moments that I want to have in my art career you know oh yeah oh Where yeah you just, like, come up with something and it's like an instant classic like that's so cool like I was watching the interview of Dolly Parton and she was talking about how like some of her songs she wrote in like a half an hour or something like that mm-hmm. and it's like they just became world famous like forever yeah. it's like that one half an hour in her life like paid off so much you know right so like trying to curate moments like that in your career is, mm-hmm. I think is like an interesting to think about you know yeah i guess stuff like that to happen i think that's that that's those moments that's those moments beautiful grammar those <laughs> those are those moments where you it's as an artist, it's almost like you have to put, you have to create the space that you can, that you can live in that will curate that, that will um, foster the ability to have those things. It's it's such an intangible thing that yeah. as artists that we just are constantly like, I just want to have this one moment right. that carries on. And it, every single time, one of those happens the person that is involved is just like oh yeah that was just that thing that i did that one time right it's like so casual (laughs) (laughs) and i feel like sorry go ahead no go for it i feel like it was more i feel like that happened more like in the past like Mm. you know just like a couple decades ago i feel like it was so much different than it is now like i feel like everything is kind of oversaturated now because of the internet Mm. and everyone is sort of like desensitized to certain things like I feel like back then like when Dolly Parton was younger when she was writing songs she was probably like one of the only people doing what she was doing so like was a bigger deal whereas now it's like like I think in general it's this way but even like specifically in the drag community it's like there's so many queens now and like there's so many people that are like already succeeding that it's like you really have to think of like it's like harder to think of things that'll make an impact you know yeah and it's it's creating it's how do I want to say this it's allowing yourself to to live within a space that is conducive to what you want to create Um, that's so difficult especially right now with how much noise we're constantly dealing with like I find myself I'm absolutely addicted to my phone like if I see it light up I'm like oh I gotta check that message right away like I it's so hard for me to just sit and be with my thoughts for a minute and I think that's something that especially this year has given a lot of people Um, right it's something like a lot of people I've been seeing a lot of hate for her lately but like it's a weird kind of left turn in this conversation, but um, Taylor Swift is really inspirational to me right now because she created that space for herself because we can't do much of anything. And she was like, you know what? I'm going to take this as an opportunity and just write a shit ton of songs. And it has resulted in two albums in five months. Like, you just have to find that space for yourself and allow yourself to dwell in that space. And it's so yeah. hard to do right now. Um, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I watched that Dolly Parton documentary on Netflix and she was constantly moving and constantly like 
being shoved around and having to do stuff and having managers be like, okay, you're going on this tour now. Okay. We need to hear a pop sound from you. Okay. We need to do this and do this. And somehow uh, I just, I wish I had that genius. (laughs) I wish I was a genius. (laughs) You know, going back to what you were saying about like basically going inwards, like kind of just like getting away from social media. I think that's one thing that's dangerous about social media is I think you can like kind of fall down this spiral of like overly comparing yourself to other people and being like, Oh God, how am I going to keep up? I need to start doing this now. And like, Oh, this is popular now. So I need to do that. I think that can be dangerous. I think mm-hmm. it could help as an artist depends on like your working style, I guess. Yeah. But I think it can be a dangerous thing, but I think it is important to like get away yeah. from it and like go deeper inwards to like really find like what you want to do and like, let out yourself through your art like bringing yeah. it into reality yeah especially I feel like a lot of artists are perfectionists and so that kind of like they're better than me doom scrolling is really um antithetical to what we're trying to do because it for most artists it's gonna hurt us by looking at someone else and being like oh they're better at that than me oh they're better at that than me but those same artists are probably looking at your stuff and saying oh they're better than me what are they doing exactly because we just we're all perfectionists and Mm -hmm. so allowing ourselves to look at someone and say they're doing great i'm also doing great they're doing great doesn't take away anything it, this is the journey that I'm currently on. So I'm speaking from like <laughs> looking right. at Instagram and literally the other day I was looking at a drag queen's picture and I was just like, I wish my makeup was that good. And being like, no, stop it. You look great. Yeah. You're doing what you want to do and you like what you look like. Stop it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a constant struggle as an artist. I remember seeing this interview of Fakir Musafar. Do you know who that is? Mm-mm. He's like a he's like famous in the body modification world. Like okay. he used to do like suspension and all that kind of stuff. But this one thing he said really stuck with me. He said that this girl came up to him one time and was like, "What should I get tattooed?" And he was like, "I don't know. Go live in a cave for a day and see what you come <laughs> up with, and then that's what you get tattooed." Like you don't ask other people what you should do. Like you yeah. figure it out on your own. And that like really really stuck with me. And I feel like that's a really good thing to think about. Mm-hmm like as an artist and to remember yeah absolutely I building on that idea I it was a frustrating notion when I was a child but I'm so glad it's part of my life now so when we would go on vacation as a kid I was not allowed to handle my own money because my parents knew that if we were in a gift shop I would spend it immediately I have Mm -hmm. this soft spot for gift shops it it persists. If I'm ever in a gift shop, I have to buy something. Um, It's, it's, it's a problem, but they, they made a rule for me of like, okay, if you see something you want, if you want it, if you're still thinking about it the next day, you can go back and get it. And that idea has stuck with me. So like I have a tattoo. I only have one tattoo and it's because it was in my head for years and I was like, yeah. okay, fine. I just, I have to do it. That's and smart. I have like six more of them that have been in my mind for like a decade. And I'm like, okay, when I have the money, I'm going to do it. Because if it's something that's stuck with me this long, then it must be something that I want. 
Yeah. It's not something that I was like, okay, that sounds fun. I'm going to go do that. Yeah. And now I don't have a tattoo that I regret. (laughs) That's a really good lesson to learn as a kid. Yeah. I think you can apply that to anything in life, you know? Yeah. And like, I do that in my design work too. And I do that in my drag. If it's, if it's something that's been in my head, I just made a headpiece a couple months ago that was something that's been in my head for three years. And I was like, you know what? I need to make this. I I don't care that it's not going to be perfect. I need to get it into the world. Yeah. And that's what we should be doing as artists. Not like looking at someone else and saying, oh my God, they're doing this better than me. I need to get better than them. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I think it's come to the point where I need to ask you, how can people find you online? (laughs) So I haven't updated my website in like five years. (laughs) So I'll just go to my Instagram, Art of Micah Souza. And you can find me on Facebook as well. I repost everything from my Instagram, but pretty much Instagram is like my go-to place. So yeah. Amazing. Um, And I'll put all that information in the description box as well. So people will be able to see it. Um, Thank you. Thank you you so much for sitting down with me today. Of course. Thank you. Sorry if I seem nervous. I was overly caffeinated and underprepared. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's that honestly should be the name of the podcast. Truly. (laughs) Or at least my autobiography. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have fun though. Perfect. (laughs) Me too. Thank you. Thank you again. And we will all talk to you later. Bye. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Yeah Buzz with Vivian Gabor. Tune in next week, same place, same time. Yeah.